Welcome to 1001 Good Nights, a podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Follow along with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they explore the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Hey, Ben. Hey, Nick. It's a pleasure to welcome a mutual friend who is also a fellow dad and a podcasting peer, Brian Barrera, co-host of I Live the 90s. Brian, thanks for joining us. Of course, man. Thanks for having me on, boys. Brian, tell us about a book you really remember reading from the 90s specifically. This is a great question. Um, I didn't read much at all, um, as Ben <laughs> talked about on I Live the 90s uh, podcast. It, it's mostly about like us watching TV and being outside and listening to music and doing everything but reading. But I did remember, to answer this question directly, I read Sideways Stories from Wayside School. Oh, Chelsea loves those. Oh, man. Oh, I... yeah. Yeah. And then there's like more Sideways Stories. You're like right. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a whole thing. <laughs> um, but the entire premise was that it was just a, a the contractors got it wrong and instead of the school being built sort of horizontally in 30 classrooms on one floor it was a 30 tall 30 story tall building um with one classroom on each um with the exception of the the 19th story uh because there is no Ms. Zarvis and there is no 19th story so obviously an insurance disaster <laughs> um but yeah i think uh what i thought about was talking about sort of not being a reader but raising readers so you know kind of as you mentioned ben i have children as well young children my oldest is 10 youngest is three now um and from what i can tell he's already read like more books than me in number for sure (laughs) (laughs) um and and sort of like how to raise a reader um and i and i i wrote a a a short list uh one marry a reader so i did that like suzanne reads like voraciously and is great and loves it and i'll spend time sort of like trying to figure out how to be better at business or doing something on YouTube or whatever. And Suzanne's like just deep in a book and doing book club and doing, that's just like her, you know, that's her rest time. Um, Make sure that his grandmother's love language is uh, book giving. I think that's really big. Mm -hmm. So she's just got a great collection and we get a lot of stuff that's actually out of print, which is really nice. Um, You know, it's kind of lots of me, but I do appreciate the fact that we have access to these books that you just can't find really anywhere else. Um, and third, like send them to a school where the boys are competitive and the teachers are actively fostering that. So in the class now there, they all start off as pages and then you read sort of like a thousand pages and you move up to a surf and you move up to whatever. So at this point, he's actually a king. He's, and and to get to king, it's 10,000 pages. So he's read that. I think he's up to 12,000 pages. And the next is a Holy Roman Emperor. Uh, <laughs> that, that <escalated laughs> so I don't know if that's at 15,000 or at 20, but he's, that's the next sort of like benchmark. Um, but that's sort of how I chose to answer the question of tell us a book from, from your, you know, that you remember. Okay. So, I mean, you're a soon to be published author, so let's not sell your literacy level like short too much, <laughs> but granting that uh, maybe you're a dad who's not necessarily always out in front of his kids reading list let me um <laughs> is there is there a book you've heard your kids talking about and you've 
you just sort of eavesdropped on a conversation like wait what the heck is going on in this book yes um there's a it's sort of a newish book that came out called the red book of stories um and the blue book of stories uh written by a guy named tom longano who was actually a previously a teacher at the school my boy well my oldest son goes to now and that my next son will go to next year um and it's written basically about the school he goes to it seems like so just a bunch of boys running around sort of wild um in you know they call it in real life the valley i don't know what it's called but i know there's also like a podcast because we all have podcasts now <laughs> um, and he, he acts out the characters in each one so i think it really from what my wife says who spent much more time with it she says it captures like the fifth grade boy perfectly but then we got into sort of is it a good book uh, for a fifth grade boy, um, which oh, yeah. is actually not. So I don't know if this is like necessarily a recommendation, but to answer the question, it was just like, this is a book that's kind of been around. And I think the problem is um, sort of in her eyes and definitely in my eyes too, is you're not really sure who is in charge. And I think that's problematic when you're trying to give good examples for young boys when they think like the, the teacher who is sort of the parent in the room, clearly the writer is not a parent. So he comes off as a pushover and it's sort of like the trope we've talked about for movies where the thing you have to do, especially in like nineties movies is like get the parents out of the way or you make them dumb basically. And it seemed like this book sort of did that too, where the boys run the roost or rule the roost. Yeah. Nick and I've been talking about doing a whole uh, like podcast that was just on books that have unsupervised children. That's like, what is, <laughs> what is, what yeah. is going on? That's, that's an interesting observation. Uh, but yeah, the, I mean the boys, love it i mean they're always talking about it they sort of you know relive the the stories they tell to each other now so given all the books you uh maybe not you personally but you've been reading with your kids over the years is there a particularly like underrated children's book like a book you guys have read or like a family favorite that you feel like maybe a lot of people wouldn't know about yeah, i don't know that they wouldn't like know about but um a book called a dangerous book for boys are you familiar with this maybe yeah. a daughter so maybe not um, it's sort of like, I can't tell when it was, it was a father and son duo that wrote it sometime in the last 30 years. So there's a lot of like, basically, if you never did the Boy Scouts, here's some stuff you need to know about being a young boy and kind of growing up, I think, um, is sort of the idea behind this book. So it's little vignettes are, you know, about how to, I think one of them that I kind of was, had my eyes bulge out was like, like, how to ask out a girl. It's like, oh, he's 10. Maybe he shouldn't have <laughs> read that one. But, you know, um, there have been some, some mistakes in that, in that too. Um, how we do reading, I don't do bedtime stuff because we have a, a pretty regimented evening with as many kids we have. You have to like, you stick to the schedule if you want it to be like non-chaotic. But what we have done in the past is uh, done dinner reading, actually, where I'll read to the entire family. And we actually made our way through like the Narnia books, which are properly rated, I feel like. Wow. Um, and then um, now we're making our way through, we've made our way through one Redwall book and now like two thirds of another, basically. So, I mean, the boys, you can tell, have a lot of, had a lot of weight to sure. convince, uh, <laughs> convince their two younger sisters. Um, what well, they want that's to... a lot of like stabbing and spearing for like a <laughs> tabletop conversation. This is great. There's, um, a of, there's a lot of feasting in the Redwall books too, though. So I want to eat all that food. All those candy chestnuts. Mm. <laughs> raspberry cordial. Yeah, that's right. A lot of just buckets of raspberry cordial. Uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're into Ferdy and Cogs right now. That's the two little. The two little... Oh, that the hedgehogs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it, what uh, 90s sitcom character would you nominate to read a bedtime story? First, this is the best question I've ever been asked, I think. Oh. And I thought about it like deeply. 
And the answer is Martin Lawrence from <laughs> Martin. <laughs> because he just did so many characters sort of on a budget. So he, it was, just, it was just, you know, like Eddie Murphy did all these characters and like, he had like the fat suits and he had just like, he had a lot of production, but Martin Lawrence, you know, he had a shoestring budget and like really pulled off. <laughs> I feel like that's the talent that I would need yeah. um, to play all the different characters in the stories that I would like to have read to me. No, that is, that is such a good answer. Honestly, I wish we could have uh, him here right now to close us out with, with Goodnight Moon. But um, <laughs> in lieu of that, and, and you're well, and I'm not, you. that's right. Well, you know, uh, Brian, you're our special guest, you know, too. So uh, would you uh, mind hitting us up with those last few lines? Of course. Good night, nobody. Good night, mush. And good night to the old lady whispering hush. Good night, stars. Good night, air. Good night, noises everywhere. If you enjoyed this episode, check out our other content at 1001goodnights.com and help us out with a rating on your podcast platform of choice.